Awesome. I was a bit of a wreck during worship. It's just crazy to think that it's 10 years. 10 years ago, around about this time officially, we became a church. There's our certificate of incorporation. On the 28th of January 2010, we officially became a church. And we started this amazing adventure and uh, it's been a crazy time. We started back, as many of you know, we started back at the Lugs Bay Sailing Club. Remember those days? Back at the sailing club, we used to have a dinner together, we used to eat together and then we'd have a meeting. And, uh, and you know, the church started with about 20, 25 people, family, a few families together, joining together. And uh, gradually over time at the sailing club, the church grew a little bit by little bit. Um, there's no dramatic stuff. People came and guess what? People went and uh, people came and people went and uh, it was a, a good time and we steadily grew and uh, if any of those people are here today, we, we ran two missions trips to Cooper PD. It's great to have Christina, Christina, Christine McCormack, my sister's Christina, but Christine McCormack here, her and George had us, had the youth group up there in 2010 and 2012, anyone remember that, youth? Yes, crazy times. Um, Elsie was there, there she is. Um, and uh, it was a, a great thing for our young people to experience life in the outback. And then we also ran uh, our first missions trip to India with GSM, with Ashok and Emily in 2011, went back in 2012, 2015, and uh, last year in 2019, and uh, they're a big part of our church. And then in 2014, our church did lots of things, but those first four years or so were really foundation-building times. We really were about putting down the foundation for what God would want to do. And then in 2014, the church made a significant decision, the biggest faith decision they'd made up to that point, we really wanted to engage our community in a greater way. And so the board at the time decided to employ me full-time. Uh, we didn't have enough money coming in to do it, but we had a bit of money in the bank to, to call upon to do it. And so I was employed full-time in 2014 with the express purpose of working on ways that our church could engage to be a part of the community and to become a part of everything that was happening around us. And uh, so in 2015, we launched what we know now as Pop-Up Kitchen. And Pop-Up Kitchen started in the back of a trailer at the skate park um, down the road at Osborne, turning a few sausages over, giving them out to kids. Then we ended up at the Taparoo uh, Apartments on Ormiston Court, across the road from the police academy. We used to call them the academy apartments. That was their unofficial name for us. And we used to do a barbecue there every Thursday night. And uh, people would come. It was an amazing time because Housing Trust even blessed us with one of their apartments to run as a community place. Uh, and that was really, really good. And so we began to reach out and, and began to build momentum within our community and, and begin to see things happen. Um, and then, amazingly, uh, Housing Trust closed that opportunity down, but who knows where doors close, God opens new doors. And it was around about that time that we started in, in 2015, we started meeting here at the Lafever Baptist Church at the time. And uh, we started having our services at five at night. And then it came around that they allowed us to run pop-up kitchen from here. And then in 2017, I'll get that out. 2017, um, we made, as a church body, we made that momentous decision to join the Baptist churches of South Australia, which uh, was an amazing time, was a big step of faith again. But altogether, we made that decision. And thanks to our family from Lefevre Baptist Church, who are still with us today, which is amazing, Brian and Helen, Monica and Mao and others that are here. It was one of the best decisions that we ever made. From that time, it has been amazing to see God's blessing upon this place. 
It's been amazing to see what God has been doing. And, and since that time, we have seen great growth across the church in all different areas. And it's, it's just incredible. And the thing is, from day one, our church vision came from 1 John 2.6, where it says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So our church vision is to live like Jesus lived. And, that, and we, out, we outwork that in our mission, which we have up on the wall out there. But it says we are a church where loving God, loving people, and loving the community we live in counts for everything. This is our church vision. And that was our church vision from day one back at the sailing club. And guess what? It hasn't changed to this day. This is still our vision. This is still our heart. This is still what we are all about. That we are a church that is all about living like Jesus lived. Loving our community. We are a church about loving God with all our hearts. Loving each other with everything we have. And loving the community we live in for, with everything we've got. And that's, that hasn't changed. And I believe God's blessing is upon this house because we haven't changed. That we have, have continually stayed focused on what God has been doing. You know, re recently, just a, a week ago, I went away on a pastor's retreat. And um, we were doing it tough. We were on a houseboat in Blanchetown. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a very humble houseboat. And there's a few of us there, about seven of us pastors from the western areas. And, uh, and we all shared about what's happening in our church. And I shared about what had been happening in our church and shared about um, last year and uh, the Christmas uh, breakup and the Christmas party and how we had nearly 400 people out there. And at the last pop-out, we had 160 people jammed in this place. And they were like, they were amazed. They were Many of these pastors have been around this area, uh, around the western suburbs for many years. And they, they said to me, oh, it's amazing to see a church on the Lefevre Peninsula thriving. Because traditionally, it's been a graveyard for churches. Churches would pop up and they'd go well for a moment and then they'd just wither away and, and sink back. And that got me thinking. Why, why are we seeing God's blessing? Why are we seeing a church thriving on the Lefevre Peninsula? And, and, and we're getting favor right across our community, not just amongst people, the regular people in the community, but even amongst council. You know, the council this year sponsored us um, for the Christmas party in the park. They, they pretty well paid half of the bills. Uh, just amazing blessing. Every time I I meet with different people around the community. They, they only have good things to say. And, and I know some of us think, well, it's because we're so generous. You know, we, we're doing what God calls us to and we're doing, you know, we're being generous and we're giving food and clothing to those who are doing it tough. And, and I'm sure that's a part of it. But what is the secret to God's blessing? Because the truth is we live in a society that is very results-driven. Isn't that right? It's all about success and all about results. But the one thing I've learned, come to understand to a greater degree here at the Port Church, is that things of value take time to develop. Things of real value take time to develop. You see, in God's kingdom, the ingredient that brings success is not always the same as what the world tells us. You see, the world tells us and sadly, it happens in the modern Christian church, the modern Western church. Um, and we get drawn into that lie. The world tells us that to be successful, it's good to have you young people on the front row here. So I hope, I'll try not to spit on you too much. But the, the world tells us that to be successful, you have to look a certain way. You have to dress for success. Isn't that right? The world tells you that to, to be successful, you have to have, have a lot of money because to, to make money, you've got to spend money. And so you've got to have a lot of money to do that. And the world tells you that you've got to have all the latest stuff and you've got to look a certain way and you've got to be a certain way. You have to have skills and talents and, and all of that stuff. And I, I think about our church, and don't take this, don't get offended by this, but I think of the poor church and we're not exactly abundant in all these things. We don't have some 
flashbang, amazing building. It serves us well, and it's amazing what we've been able to achieve with it, but it's not anything to write home about, amen? We just got new carpet. I should have preached this before we got the new carpet. It would, be, <laughs> would have been better. But the fact is, we don't have a flash building. When we worship, I can't smell any smoke around here. There's no haze or smoke machine. There's no moving lights. There's, praise the Lord. There's no, none of that stuff. There's no, there's no subwoofers or anything like that. The truth is, when people get up here to preach, and I'm not being mean to the preachers, but we're just ordinary people. You don't get anything flashy. The flashiest you get with me is some Tommy Hilfiger shoes that I got from the room out there, which is... Thanks, Carol. But we're not, a, we're not flashy. I haven't got a, a six-pack or anything like that. Just a keg. But... But we're just ordinary people doing what God has called us to do. So why have we seen so much fruit? Why have we been fruitful? I believe it's because we have something that in God's kingdom is the most valuable thing. And the most valuable thing, one of the most valuable things in God's kingdom is the concept of faithfulness. Faithfulness. I believe the reason we've seen God's blessing upon this church and in the 10 years, seeing what God has done and, and built this church to the place it is today, even though we've had ups and downs, is because we've been faithful to do what God has called us to do. He called us to establish a church on the Lefevre Peninsula and to love people and to love our community. And that's what we're doing. As I said, our mission and our vision has not changed. That's what's, what we're all about. And we, we, we are so blessed that every week... Yeah, and it starts up in a few weeks, a couple of weeks' time, first week of Feb. Pop-up kitchen starts back, youth starts back, kids club starts back, all our community programs start back, um, prime time and everything else. And in each of those, between all of those things, we, are, we have the blessing and the privilege to build relationship with over 100 community people. Uh, over 100 people every week from the community, a lot of them without any faith background or Christian background, come into this place and we get to love them. We get to build relationship with them because when God spoke to us to build this church, he said, he said relationship is key. Loving people and just loving them and loving them is what will bring them into the kingdom of God. And, and so that's what we've been doing. And, uh, and we're going to keep on doing it. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep being faithful to what God has called us to do. So today I just want to share with you, um, and a few others are going to come and share as well, but I want to share with you what faithfulness really is, what it's really about, because sometimes we have some misconceptions on what faithfulness really is. So we're going to read from Matthew 25. It's a parable that Jesus told. We all probably know it pretty well. But Jesus said these words, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. Then he who had received... Oops, I went too far. So he who had received five talents came and brought five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He, who, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you have delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and 
faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then the one who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered him and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. In this passage we learn what faithfulness is really all about. You see God makes it very clear that faithfulness is a valued part, a commodity in his kingdom. You notice there he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He, he doesn't say, well done, good and fruitful servant. We tend to focus on the fruit. Oh, he had five talents, he made another five talents. He's a good bloke. He did well, he was fruitful. And a worldly idea, a concept is like, Oh, fruitfulness is what it's all about. No, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. And faithfulness is the key that unlocks God's grace and God's love and God's promises. So what is faithfulness? From this passage, we learn, number one, faithfulness is active, not passive. See, in our parable, it says very clearly, then, who had, then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents, and likewise he who had received two talents, two more also. So these guys, once they received their talents, they didn't just rest on their laurels, they started to work on them. It's an active thing. See, often we think about faithfulness, and we think about, or someone, we describe someone as faithful as they're just someone who shows up week in, week out. They're just someone, so if you show up to church week in, week out, then you're a faithful person. I don't believe that's true. You're, you're, you're very good at attendance. But faithfulness is about taking what God has given you, the talents that he has put in your hands, and using them, putting them into practice. It's not just about showing up. It's actually about being active. There's nothing passive about faithfulness. It's not just about showing up. It's about actually acting upon it. You see, it's it's really important that we understand that as a church, the poor church, our whole aim has always been about expanding God's kingdom. So whatever God gives to us, we want to use to expand God's kingdom. And the amazing thing in this church that we have been blessed with over the years is right across the board, we have always not struggled to have volunteers in our church. Many churches do. They struggle to get people involved and to be doing stuff. But in this church... Every time we sit down as a church leadership, we go through what we call a compliance register. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? But what that means is basically who's involved and have they got all their accreditation that they require, police checks and all that stuff. And as we sit down, we, we sit down and do it. We have, in a church of our size, we have over 80 people volunteering in our church being willing to put their hand up and saying, God has given me talents and I want to use them. God has given me talents and I want to I be active with them. I don't just want to sit back and, and rest. I want to be active and be involved with what God is doing in expanding his kingdom in my world. And that's the great thing that we have in this church is that you guys are such an active part of it. The, uh, the other week or a few weeks ago, just before Christmas, we had a volunteers Christmas party and uh, we just wanted to thank the volunteers for everything they've done and, and for people getting actively involved, being faithful and active in what God has called them to do. And Julie wrote a poem to thank them and so I thought it would be really good to, for her to do that again uh, and there's a slideshow that goes with it to let you see how much God does uh, and, and how much he through the volunteers and through everyone here, and how many people are actually involved. So why don't you come, Julie? And uh,
move out of the way. It's called, who's noticed the magpies out in that tree? This poem is named after them. Do I have to wait for you to get there? So, the magpies warbled in the sun. The air was fresh and new. The lemon-scented gum stood tall amid the morning hue. And slowly, car by car, they came, some dressed up to the nines, and some in thongs and singlet, but no one seemed to mind. As music spread across the park and drums began to play, a dulcet male vocal sounds, an angel's voice, they say. <laughs> and out into the morning air, melodic strains abound from musos who great, whose great passion is to worship God aloud. Then men arrive with muscled arms to set out all the chairs. How many here? How many there? They cry with worried care. The overseer with chart in hand miraculously appears. Don't worry, men, I am here. The answer to your fears. Go, David. Then on a Wednesday afternoon, a bustle slowly grows. As teams of volunteers arrive, God's love they want to show. They fuss and potter all about with tables, cups and bins. Their fruit and veggies by the ton, new clothes and cheeky grins. With aprons and with wooden spoons, the kitchen crew work hard. They boss the men, they run the show. With strong voices, they command. There's too much water in the pot. It will take too long to boil. Has someone pinched the paper towel? Juanita, where's more oil? <laughs> Somehow, 100 people fed butte salads, soups and snags. And sometimes gourmet fish arrives. It's caught by hand, they brag. With meals for vegetarians and even vegans too. They serve them up, no questions asked, it doesn't matter who. In kids' club and in children's church, with fun and games galore, the young ones learn to laugh and love and hope for what's in store. And youth goes off with quite a bang. Loud music is a must. They're opening up their hearts to God and learning how to trust. The games are hectic, hangs are mad. This fam's legit the goat. The talks they share are real and lit. We're fearless youth, they gloat. <laughs> now prime time is the place to be, the age you take a rest. The coffee's great, made by a hunk, but lunch is always best. The pasta made with lots of salt and tender loving care is served in bowls filled to the brim along with bread and prayer. A group renowned for fun and dance at, at, I can't say it, gig they loudly sing. From young to old and in between, their hips and arms they swing. An international cohort, they talk about, they teach about the Lord and how to live and do this life with Christ, the one adored. And then there's some who come and sit and talk into the night about the nitty-gritty things debating wrong and right. Behind the scenes, they spend their hours working up a storm. They care about the little things that make this place feel warm. Come volunteer, come help, they said. We need your smiling face. Your actions make a difference here. Put love into this place. Give what you can, not what you can't. Everyone plays a part to make the Port Church what it is, a picture of God's heart. Our God who came to give us life, whose love, immense and true, wants nothing else in all the world than just to walk with you. And so the volunteers, that's us, will never stop, no way, to show his love and spread the word. God use us now, we pray. pretty cool great job that's all you guys 
This church exists because of the volunteers and for all of you who own what we do. And uh, which brings me to my next point about faithfulness is that faithfulness is consistent, not instant. We can grab that, Zah. Faithfulness is all about being consistently active. Being active once is not enough. You need to be consistently active. As we have said, things of value take time to develop. You see, in our passage, it says, After a long time, the Lord of those servants came to settle their accounts with them. After a long time. So these guys were making their five talents or their two talents, or the one who was making no talents was sitting on his backside doing nothing. But they were doing it for a long time. It didn't happen overnight. It's important for us to understand that we need to be consistent in what we do. And that's something we've been strong about as a church, that we have to consist. It doesn't matter how many people show up. We're just going to consistently serve God and love people. No matter who shows up, we'll just consistently do it because that's what God's called us to do. Eugene Peterson says, success is a long obedience in the same direction. Success is a long obedience in the same direction. You see, faithfulness is all about consistent endeavor over a long period of time. This is really important, especially in a society like ours where we love everything instantly, don't we? We love convenience. We get upset when the, when the uh, drive-through is not working fast enough, isn't that right? We have to wait in line for anything. We're freaking out. But in God's kingdom, it has to be different. We need to understand that God, what God has called us to. And God has not called the Port Church to be a one-hit wonder on the Lefevre Peninsula. He's called us to serve this community for a long, long time. We're here for the long term. And if they don't like it, well, they're stuck with us. Because we're going to keep being here, we're going to keep loving, and we're going to keep doing what God has called us to do. It's not about one-off events to draw a crowd. It's about being consistently building relationships with people. You see, that's what we have believed and said from the beginning. We want to build relationships. Because it's in relationships that people's lives are transformed by God's power. Every week when we come here and we sit down with people and I, I look across this room and I see numbers of people that came, have come to this church through pop-up and are here because of the relationships we have built. It's amazing that, that we've just gradually, that like some of those people, it took five years before they even started coming along to church, but they did. And it's because they, we built trust with them and they knew they could trust us. You see, many years ago, when we first established the church, there was a man by the name of Pete Hattie, and I had to mention him because he was the first salvation we had in this church um, back uh, in around 2012. And uh, he had lung cancer, and at, to, at that time, up to that time, he was an atheist. His wife came to this church, and um, uh, Fiona, she couldn't be here today, but she's living in Byron Bay now, but... She um, came to the church and her husband, who was an atheist, got lung cancer. And one night I remember him, her calling me and saying, you need to come and visit Pete. And he had had a, a revelation of eternity and said, I need to know how to be in eternity. And so we talked about it and he prayed a prayer and it was an amazing time. But after that time, he lived for about a month after that. But he, at one point after he'd made that decision he'd had a dream one night and he called me and said I need to share with you this dream and he dreamed about this church and he saw us out in the field and there was a massive big gum tree a lemon scented gum tree and he saw it and he saw me under the tree preaching and talking to people sitting around under the tree and he said I, I just believe that's what your church is called to and, and that moment we believed that it that we were a church without walls we're a church that's all about being open and vulnerable and that we, we are a church that is that lemon-scented gum tree that in our branches and under our, our, our shade, people find safety. People find protection. People find relief 
from the heat in the shade of a massive tree. Yeah, there's all those things. And, but who knows, a, a large gum tree takes a long time to grow. I remember looking through um, pictures of this place when we uh, first joined with the Lefevre Baptist. And, and I remember seeing that gum tree that's out there when it was just a small tree. And that's you know, 40 or so years ago, and now it's a massive tree. Go and have a look at it after the service. The trunk is massive, over 40, 50 years old. But it took time for it to get that big. And it's taking us time to get where we need to go. But, but the fact is we are committed to being that lemon-scented gum tree that brings protection, brings healing, brings relief to people, that it brings comfort. There's nothing like sitting under the shade of a big tree on a hot day. Isn't that right? And so that's what we're called to be as a church for this community, to be a place where we consistently be that tree with deep-rooted tree that brings comfort and safety and healing to people's lives. And I've asked a couple of people that have experienced that in this place to share how this church has become a family for them and a place where God has been able to speak to them. And so I'm going to ask Crystal, the wonderful Crystal, to come up first and to share a few thoughts of what God has done in her life since she's been coming to the poor church. And who loves Crystal? She's amazing. And uh, so be encouraging to her. Hello, everyone. Um, some of the ways that this church and that God has changed my life is I, I feel he's helped me make new friendships. And when I first had the thought of coming to this church, I was a bit, I guess, nervous and scared because... In the past, I've gone and met new people and they judged me or bullied me. But everyone at this church, the very first day, just made me feel welcome and loved. And since then, I've grown some really good friendships and relationships with the people here. And I also believe that through this church... And the people that have supported me, God has helped open new doors in my life to achieve goals leading towards future goals. And that he, he has given me the strength to overcome things I never thought I would. And that's through the encouragement of through the friendships and relationships through this church and through the prayer and the love God has shared through people and that he has changed my whole view on life just to look at, to look at life in a more positive way and look at the positive things in people and that there are people out there that will love and accept you just the way you are and if they and that they will help you change in a positive way and just that People have got some people are made to come in your life as a lesson, but then there's guys like you guys and that God puts in our lives and they come in our life as a blessing and God puts them in our life for a purpose. And I believe that even though I met Yasmin before this church I now believe that God put me and her in each other's life and we've been through many ups and downs together but God has kept us strong and made us like strong that nothing will ever separate us 
no matter what life brings. And I just believe that within this church, and I pray that we, that the friendship me and Yasmin share encourage other young people and that God uses our friendship to show people what a true friendship is meant to look like. And I believe just that I've finally come to realise that I have a purpose in this life and even though I may not know or understand what it is, he does and he will help me achieve it. How good is that? Crystal, how much weight have you lost now? 80 or 90 kilos in the two. And I saw this week that Crystal is now enrolled in a diploma for mental health, Cert 4 in mental health. So she's gone back to study and she's got that purpose. Isn't that correct? <laughs> Amazing. And someone else who's, this is their family and this is their, their place they love is David Burford. So I've asked him to just come and share what God's done in his life through this church. G'day, folks. Um, I've actually made an effort and put on a new shirt, but don't be too impressed, though. It's from Carol's Workshop. <laughs> um, but uh, I think Ben's pretty well much stolen my thunder as to what I was going to share today. Um, but I'll just sort of ad-lib, and I'll use this as an excuse to do a whole lot of shout-outs and a whole lot of thank-yous um, to, to everyone. Um, first of all, I'd just like to highlight two important figures that we have in this church, two ladies, and first of all, Maria Carboni, who, and Maria, who is um, Ben's mum, not only Ben's mum, but I see her as the matriarch of this church. All of those years ago, she found herself in the situation of being a single mum, raising five kids, and the youngest of those children who was led to church, and church was very much a part of his life, then became the pastor of this church. And if it wasn't for Nonna's decision all of those years ago to be led by the Holy Spirit and make church a part of her life and press in hard to God in her circumstances, Ben may have only been a, a statistic from a single-parent family and may never have been a pastor and we may, may never have even had this gathering here today. And it all stems back to that one decision that Nonna made all of those years ago. We love you, Nonna. You've still got a lot to offer this church, and we love you to bits. You're a mother and a grandmother to so many people here, and you're a mum to me. Thank you. Thank you. And the second, the second amazing woman in this church that needs to be mentioned too is sitting right up the back in the pink shirt there, Juanita. Um, I've got, I've, got a, um, I've got a little thing going with Juanita. I call her Radar. Those that are, those that are <laughs> familiar with the show MASH, we all know the company clerk that's on top of everything. She organises everything. So I often refer to Juanita as Radar. And um, when she goes on holidays, and I know she likes to skip away and see her family up in Queensland... Um, it's a well-deserved break when she does go on break, but we're all screaming, what are we going to do now? Juanita would know what we're going to do. <laughs> and it's just, we all say it, and we cherish the work that she puts in. She's amazing. But uh, when Ben asked me to share um, through the week, um, I didn't really know what to prepare, but I cast my mind back to 2013 when I first started to get involved with the church. And we were still meeting in the sailing club back in those days. And um, church was a little bit different in the sailing club. 
And I know if Ben's message was a little bit flat, it was a real pleasure to gaze out the window and look at the sunset in the evening services and see the container ships coming in. Um, but we used to have amazing things like uh, kick, kick to kick football and then have to get called in for the worship um, out the front on the lawn. Um, I also have fond memories of packing up after the service and the urn, the mugs, half the band equipment, the amps, the speakers, everything would get jammed in this broom cupboard and it would be certain individuals. I know Chris Morgan was an expert in packing the broom cupboard in such a way as the doors wouldn't burst open and it would all fall out. But we had to compromise in that in that building and there did come a season where we really had to press in hard and pray for an opportunity to open up to, to share this building here which happened in 2014 with the Lefevre Baptist Church and one thing led to another and when the Baptist Church wound up some three years later um, I know and I'll do a shout out for all of those that are here like Mel and Monica who worked very hard in that church and we also have Brian and Helen down there, we've got Kerry and also Marge, we all love Marge. Um, these, these people didn't batten an eyelid, they embraced the Port Church culture and they decided to become a part of our family and as of many years of rattling around in this building doing what they do, it was just business as usual and they embraced being a part of our family and I'll thank all of you that are here today that were a part of that Lefevre Baptist Church. And also in that season, it was, it was a difficult season too as we transitioned and we applied to become a part of the Baptist church movement to be able to use this building. And I thank Damo here, Damien Garcia, who worked for months leading us through that process. It was very democratic. It was our choice to become a part of that. And Damo led us through all of that process, ticking all of the boxes and making sure that we could secure this building and our future as a church. And I'll thank Damo for that. So, well done, Damo. Um, also, um, I'd just like to, to, to also make the point that, you know, I've talked a lot about the buildings, the, the sailing club and the building, but the, but the building's not the church, it's the people that are the church. And the people... Um, that I encountered first in 2013 at the Sailing Club. I remember walking in to my very first meeting and Joyce Hogarth had invited me and Joyce had not arrived yet. So I had this awkward moment of standing in front of a whole congregation that I didn't know. And much to the Port Church's credit and the culture, even back then, I had uh, Chris Morgan, I had Andrea Lloyd, and also Lou Nelson with the three ladies, one after the other, came up to see who the new guy was. And that's the way this church rolls. And that's what I encourage everyone else to do. But um, I, I use those three ladies as an example. I've seen Lou transfer, transform this church into like a restaurant that can cater for 100 people because that's what Lou does. She rolls up her sleeves and she gets the job done. Um, I've seen last year Andrea Lloyd organise a night that transformed this church into a cinema. You know, how good was the movie night last year, those that remember it. And Chris Morgan opened her, opened her own home with her hospitality and taking people that haven't got anywhere to go for Christmas. You know, and they're just three examples of people in this church and as I look around this congregation, we've got Jack and Sonia up the back, we've got Nigel and Selena, you know, we've got the Petties up the back too, Elaine and Greg, um, so many people here. Um, we've got Andrew and Kathy. They're all faces that I recognise from 2013. They are still here, that once you get involved in this church, you're here for the long haul. And um, this is the culture that Ben and Julie together have planted in this church. I remember the first meeting I had with Ben on that first night. This, this bloke about my age came, comes up. He's a nice bloke to talk to. He hasn't really introduced himself by name or anything. And I asked him, how long have you been coming to the church? 
And he said, well, I'm the senior pastor here. <laughs> and I got to know Ben through having numerous lattes and cups of coffee on the Semaphore Road. And he shared a lot with me. And I unzipped my heart and just poured everything that I had out. And there's probably not a person here that hasn't sat down one-on-one -on -one with Ben and, and done that themselves. And I don't know how he does it. He's done an amazing job over this last 10 years in that pastoral care and that one-on-one -on -one care. So I oh, thank you. And um, I'm all emotional now. Um, <laughs> but also, um, behind every great man is a great woman. And I've come to know you, Julie. I like your forthright manner in the way that you do everything. You always know where you stand with Julie. She's a mover and a shaker. But she's amazing. She's a mum. She's a nurse. And, and she's a worship leader. She does everything. She even loves doing rosters. <laughs> I've, never <laughs> I've never met anyone who actually loves doing a roster. But Julie does. Um, but you're amazing. And you've been in support of Ben. And the two of you have steered this church through the first 10 years. And it's been an amazing, an amazing journey. And I really look forward to the next 10 years as to what's going to happen. Thanks very much. So, last point. The final thing about faithfulness is that faithfulness is about effort, not talent. I know in the passage that we read that it says that the Lord gave them according to their skills and abilities. However, it wasn't their talent that determined their blessing. It was all about their effort. Because the servant with the least amount of talent put in the least amount of effort, he was punished. He was told off. See, we have learned here at the Port Church that God isn't expecting you to be something that you're not. But what God is expecting is that you would do whatever you can and everything you can with what he has given you. He's asking you to put everything in, all of your ability, or do everything with, to the best of your ability, no matter what. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there in the world that haven't reached their full potential because they're not willing to put in the effort required. We know, and we've, I know people right across this place, you've all experienced it, there's no substitute for hard work. And there's, a, there's no substitute for putting in the effort required. But there is an obstacle to it, and we learn about it in this passage because sometimes the obstacle we have, and we've all faced this over the 10 years, is the obstacle of fear. When he's talking to... when the last servant was talking to him he says he says lord i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered and what's he say i was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground i was afraid and hid whose talent it wasn't his but your talent in the ground you see fear has a way of paralyzing us it has a way of stopping us, stopping us doing everything that God has called us to do. So often we ask ourselves those questions, what if I fail? What if people don't like me if I step up and, and, and do stuff? What if, people, what if it just doesn't work? And guess what? We've had all those questions asked of us as a church. We, we sat on leadership. I remember when we were first talking about doing pop-up kitchen, where all those questions came up. What about this? What about that? What, what about this? About at some point we had to say, God has called us to love our community. He's put an opportunity in front of us to do it. We're going to do it to the best of our ability. See, God's not asking you to be something you're not. He's asking you to just do it to the best of your ability. And so, I, you know, we stand here at the end of 10 years. We're looking forward to doing another 10 years at least. Plus more, plus more, plus more. But I'll close with this thought, and then we're just going to have a song and, and uh, celebrate what God's done. But I want to, why, is, why does God call us to be faithful? The simple reason I believe God calls us to faithfulness and why faithfulness is so important in the kingdom of God is because our God is faithful. 
He is faithful. And it's actually a part of his nature and who he is. It says in Revelation 9.11, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he, talking about Jesus, who sat on him, was called Faithful and True. You see, it's one of the names of God, and the name describes who he is, what his character is. And so at the close of this 10 years, we're grateful for all that God has done because our God has been faithful. And we stand here and to make a commitment that for, from now on to the future, that we would be faithful to what he has called us to do. You see, to live like Jesus lived is to live a faithful life, to obey God and do what he asks us to do. In Hebrews 10, and I'll finish with this verse, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he, talking about God, who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward good deeds. That's our prayer, that we are so grateful to God who has, who has promised so much and delivered so much. We look, I stand in this room and I look across this place and I see so many faces that have become a part of this church and this family and the blessing you are to us. Tracy, you're an amazing woman and you are such a blessing. I remember those first few pop-ups at the Housing Trust Apartments and you, you go, oh, I don't think I'll ever come to your church. But here you are and you're a blessing to so many lives. And right across the board, Dougie up the back and Joe, Bolka, Mary, just people that I want you guys to know that what God has been faithful to this point, He is going to continue to be faithful in our lives for the future. God's got great things. And I've asked the band to come finish with a song. And it's a song that was written in this church, one of the first songs that Jack wrote. And I believe it carries the heart of our church. It's what we're all about. And uh, there'll be a slideshow with some memories for all of us. But uh, I want us to celebrate and I want us to thank God and worship Him and give Him all the gratitude because He is a faithful God. And all we're doing by being faithful is following in His footsteps. And God is blessing it.